0: You're listening to the He Fluence Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Welcome to the
1: He Fluence Podcast. My name is Michael David Huey. I am super excited today, guys, to do these uh, interviews. I'm, I'm always excited just because I get the privilege of being around like-minded men. And as, as, as my guest and I were praying today, I think that when we get the opportunity to do that, we have to take full advantage of it. And, and, and as, as my guest and I were just sharing earlier before we got on, uh, I, and, and I, and I'm going to say this because I feel like, and, and Sean has no idea what I'm about to say, but I feel like I've known him without knowing him, right? I feel like I've, I don't follow a lot of people on Facebook. Because I don't believe, I believe it's, it's to be honest with you, I'm just being frank. And I believe it's, it's it's a major waste of time, to be honest with you. Because if you, I was listening to one of my mentors, Eric Thomas. And for those of you listening, don't know who Eric is. Eric was voted uh, the number one motivational speaker just about every, every year, him and Tony Robbins kind of go back and forth. And and the reason is, is that Eric, people don't know who Eric is, is because Eric's a, a pastor and they call him the hip hop preacher. And we were texting back and forth today and we've become very, very close friends. And I I, I use his weekly motivations and his weekly teachings um, as a part of my lifestyle. I, I, I have it, I'm very intentional about that. And so, um, I don't think that we should ever be um, just scroll, scroll liking, scroll, scroll liking. I think it wastes our time. I think it doesn't give us the availability to use the gifts and talents that God's given us to inspire people and to walk in purpose. And so, I, I wanted to share that with you. So, uh, my guest today, as I said, I feel like I know him, and, and uh, he's the founder of the Legacy Tribe. He actually lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which he doesn't know this either. I get goosebumps when I think about it, and I'm glad that my wife will be watching this because she listens to all of them. We are in the process of planning that in the next year and a half that we will have a second home in the Colorado Springs area, which will be really cool, and I have a lot of my good friends live in Colorado Springs area uh, my friend, my friend, Caleb McWillens lives there. Uh, Pete Vargas lives there uh, Jamie, Jamie Cross lives there. There's just a lot of really solid people that live there. And, and my wife's best friend lives there. That makes the kind of the, the icing, the icing on the cake. But, uh, yeah, he is married. Um, he is married and, and, and I can just tell you from watching him, that Addie Ola is definitely Sean's queen. Like we say that we, we, we always say in the Bible, you know, in Proverbs, it says a man who finds a good wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God. And, and, and whether you're listening to this live or you're watching it on video, Sean is shaking his head as I'm saying this, because we both know that when you do find a wife and you, you, you find, you find a good thing and you, you really do find favor with God, I would not be the man that I am today had I not found Lisa, I, I believe that that was God's ordained person for me to spend the rest of my life with and to encourage and strengthen other people. And so uh, I, I love this. This is what this is what Sean says on his website, and I really love this piece. I'm gonna and then I'm gonna I'm gonna have him tell his story to you guys. I, I love this. He said that his tribe's movement's number one priority is finding the best solution so that entrepreneurs can confidently. Land high paying clients again and again and build a legacy for not only for themselves but for their families. We could probably just drop the mic right there because that is inspiration to me. And I told him before we got on there, um, he is the type of guy that I want to have on here. And It's funny when I asked him to be on, he's like, can you tell me a little bit about the podcast? And, and he didn't know anything about it. And when I sent him, sent him a little thing and sent it to one of his assistants, she came back immediately and said, okay, you definitely fit the profile of what what we want to do. And, I, and I, I felt like we did too. But I like that Sean took the time to respect his own time and to respect my time and to respect his community. So I'd like to welcome to the He Fluence podcast, my soon to be better friend, Sean Q. Welcome to the He Fluence podcast, my brother.
0: Michael, thank you so much for that incredible introduction. Uh, I, I'm really excited about partnering with you today and speaking into the lives of men and maybe even wives who are listening to this for their husbands um, or, or people who are, you know, just getting started as, you know, they're growing up, they're young and they're growing into the man that God has called them to be. Um, I've had a very unique and interesting opportunity to really discover what God has said about what it means to be a man, to be masculine, and to live your life filled with purpose, filled with integrity, and filled with leadership. So, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast, Michael, and thanks so much for the invite.
1: Awesome. And it's one of the really cool things I like is is about connections. And I think um, one of my favorite teachers of what it means to be a man is is John Eldridge, who is actually from Colorado, and um, I I love John just because he teaches men how to be men, right? Like how to stand up and be and be man. And if you don't follow John, you really should. You should go uh, and listen to his podcast. It's one of my favorites, um, and uh, he he just he just gives value and he teaches men how to not be posers you know, how to not walk in fear, how to, how to really step in. And if you haven't read his book Wild at Heart, you, you have to read it. It, If you're a man, I have, I'm actually looking across at my desk over here on the other side of my podcast uh, area. And I have about a hundred of those books that I send out to my coaching clients. And, and the fruit that comes from that, Sean, is so good that you brought that up because I think it's important. And what I'm excited about, as I said, I, I feel like I know Sean, but I don't. I'm excited to hear Sean's story, like who he is, what he stands for. I feel like I know a little bit now. I kind of read myself up today on him a little bit more and found out more about him. And, and just, you know, I, I'm just going to be bold and say this. Here's what I do when I find out who I'm speaking with. I, I begin to pray for them. I begin to pray for what they stand for, who they are. You know, it's, it's, it's even funnier last year when I, when we, when we made a mistake and then hired somebody to work for us and, and we lost a significant amount of money. And I had a guest on my show, Caleb McWillens, who actually lives in Colorado Springs. He's And if, and if you haven't met him, Sean, I'll, I'll do an introduction with him. I don't know if you have. He's been. a great guy. I've okay, met him. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's just, a, just an incredible dude. And he said, Hey Mike, do you mind if I sharpen you a little bit? I was like, sure, Caleb, a 23 year old, go for it. Right. I said, he said, yeah, no, I know you're old enough to be my dad, but it's okay. He said, you know, really losing the money you lost was like losing four or five times the money that you lost. And if you out there think that you can't learn or be sharpened by somebody else, John Maxwell says, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, run to the door and get out, right? Like find yourself. So I'm learned, I'm excited to learn, Sean, a little bit about you and what your story is. And
0: so I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother. Tell us who Sean is. Yeah. So a lot of people look at my bio and they look at like our website and our company and they think, wow, Sean's made it. Sean's made a lot of money. He has an incredible team. He works with extraordinary clients. But the truth is it wasn't always that way. I grew up in an incredibly abusive childhood. Um, I remember being in ninth grade French class and I had a blade to my wrist because I thought if I push hard enough, uh, I still have the scars to prove how little value I gave my life. Um, I, I believed that If I just ended it, all the pain would go away, that I wasn't born for any other reason other than to experience the pain of depression, the pain of insecurity, the pain of comparison, the abuse that I experienced as a child. And it wasn't until I met a God who completely shifted my perspective and said, look, I have I have bled enough for you. I was on that cross and I bled enough for you. You don't have Thank to lose anymore. You can stop cutting yourself. You can stop hurting yourself. You can stop believing that pain is your purpose because I have a purpose greater than you can ever imagine. Amen. And it was at that moment that I surrendered everything. I said, Okay, God, I'm going to give you everything, not just my brokenness, but I'm also going to give you my ambition. I'm going to give you my vision. I'm going to give you my dreams and my goals and my skill set. And it was at that point that everything began to shift for me because I began to notice that I had been called. Um, I, I, and I really began to spend some time just abiding in Christ. Uh, I, I fully believe that the more you abide, the more you spend time with God and the more you abide in Christ, the easier it becomes to obey because you, you love him and he loves you and you want to develop a relationship where you trust and you're you're, where you're trusted and you trust him with everything that you have. And so I began to abide in him and I began to recognize who he had called me to be. I ended up interning at one of the largest churches in California and I interned for two years, ended up getting hired, ended up becoming one of the youngest managers at the, I I think still the youngest manager at the time, um, at the church And I was doing a lot of media production, you know, filming testimonies, doing video announcements for church services, streaming the services, running the production. And I remember I was editing a video and God spoke to me and I had worked at the church for eight years. I was doing full-time ministry. I was leading the homeless ministry and God spoke to me and he stopped me right in my tracks and he said, this isn't what I've called for you. Your time's up. Um, Your season's over here. And I thought, what? What? Like, I'm literally working in full-time ministry in your house, and you've, you're telling me my season's over. Uh, I was literally being groomed to be a pastor at that point, at that moment. And I said, okay, God, well, if, if I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm doing now, and if you're not in it anymore, then I don't want anything to do with it. I want to follow you. Anywhere you go, anywhere you lead me, that's where I want to go. And it had nothing to do with, like, the church is incredible, but my time and my role there, my season was done.
1: season. And he
0: reminded me in fifth grade when I would take paper and I would make paper wallets and sell it to my friends for a quarter simply because I wanted to get a brownie from the lunch lady. And he reminded me of my entrepreneurial uh, calling. And at that point, he said, go start a business. And as the arrogant, all-knowing, you know, youngin, I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to go start a business. And the first one I start, it's going to be a success. It's going to be a hit. I'm going to kill it. And it flopped. I was making about $10,000 a month, but it cost, because I had no idea what I was doing, about $15,000 a month. And so I wasn't making any money, I was losing money. And it was at that point that I decided, okay, I can't do this on my own. God, you called me to go into business, so I wanna partner with you in business, and I wanna do business with you. Because if I try to do it on my own, we know how it's gonna turn out. My so partner Not with very you. good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So i partnered with him and he led me to go to Google and to look up local business conferences because he told me you need to be around the people who have the answers that you need, who are doing what you want to do. So I said, okay, I'm going to look up local business conferences. I'm going to find one that's perfect for me. And I did found one that was perfect to describe exactly what my problems were and the solutions that I needed to incorporate in my business. So I went to go buy a ticket and the it was a 5-day conference for one day access it was like 3500 bucks so the whole ticket was about $12,000 and there was no way that i was going to be able to afford that at that time and so i i i i stopped god and i said god i can't afford this ticket so you either got to bring the money or you got to show me a way to get there and he said okay i'm not going to give you the resource but i'm going to make you resourceful and I scoured their website. I found an email address and I emailed them. And I said, hey, I can't afford your ticket, but I'll volunteer. I'll help with the registration. I'll move tables, I'll move chairs, I'll do whatever I can just to be in the room. My secret was, uh, my secret desire was, God, let me be a room monitor. So I could be like in the back of the room during the sessions taking notes while also like, you know, just doing whatever I had to do as a room monitor. They said, okay, come on down, we'll, help you, uh, we'll have you do registration. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll work with the registration. So I went to go get directions to the conference, and I didn't realize that the conference was eight hours away. And I thought, oh, <laughs> there's no way I can afford a hotel ticket. There's no way I can afford the gas to get there or the plane ticket to get there. And so I remembered, okay, God, you're not going to give me the resources, but you're going to make me resourceful. So I went to my dad. Uh, my stepdad at the time. And uh, I uh, went to him and I said, hey, I really want to go to this conference. And it's eight hours away uh, in Northern California. I lived in Southern California at the time. And he said, all right, let's go. And I was shocked. I was surprised. Uh, My stepdad's an incredible man, but I was shocked that he would take a day off, uh, multiple days off, that he would drive me there, that he would, you know, take care of the whole bill, now, we stayed in a really bad like motel because that's all we could afford at the time. And Those I mean, are
1: fun, I, right? Those are fun sometimes,
0: right? I could remember <laughs> the smell of the bed. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> Something you want to forget that never yeah. came. Right? <laughs> but I was excited. I was stoked. I was like, I'm exactly where God wants me to be. So no matter what my environment looks like, I'm going to be where he called me to be. Amen. So we went, we stayed in a really bad motel. Um, and they said in an email when they accepted me as a volunteer, they said, if we call you the day before, then we're filled up. And I don't think they realized that I was driving eight hours. I think like I was a local person, but they said, if we call you the day before, don't worry about showing up. Um, we got everything covered. Well, they called me the day before. And in my own mind, I thought, you know, I'm just going to ignore this call and I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be like, I never received a call, uh, and just put me to work. And so I kind of, I hang up, I get there the next day and they run to me and they say, Hey, Sean, you mentioned in your email that you are a, uh, that you have a production background that you've done like shows you've, you've been for, for, and for eight, eight years I did, I was working at the church um, doing production. And they said, Hey, our technical director is throwing up in the room. Can you fill this role? And I thought, yeah, I do it all the time. So I did it. Totally wowed them. I thought this is incredible. And what happened was I went from being a room monitor to being backstage. I went from meeting the attendees to meeting the speakers, to having conversations and building relationships with these influencers. And I I do the show. It was incredible. I go back home Two weeks later, the CEO calls me and says, Sean, you were there at the right time in the right moment with the right skill set. We want to hire you for our next event. Uh, We'll pay you $10,000 for three days' worth of work. We'll put you in a beautiful hotel suite. We'll fly you first class. How does that sound? At that point, I'm like giddy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, heck yeah, that's like the most amount of money I've ever made in a weekend. That's incredible. So I start working in event production and at the what happens is I began to work with and meet with people like Michael Hyatt, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Ryan Dice, uh, just incredible influencers in the marketplace. And I start working with their events and doing production for their events as well. And there was one point where I thought I had made it. I mean, I'm working with these top influencers, making tens of thousands of dollars every weekend, being flown first class, being put in beautiful suites all around the world. And I remember God spoke to me again. And he said, this isn't what I've had. I've called for you, that your season here is done. And I thought, God, what? I quit my ministry. Like I quit working in church. I started working on the business, started seeing success. And now you're telling me this isn't what you've called me to do. And I was so depressed after hearing that because I thought if I'm doing something God's not in, I'm wasting my time. If God's not in this, then it's all vanity. I want to create a channel impact.
1: Sean, you know what it is? It's that old thought process that my grandmother always said, you go back and forth between God's permissible will and God's perfect will. It's like you got one foot on the brake and one foot on the pedal.
0: Yeah, so what it was for me was um, really discovering, uh, you're exactly right, what his perfect will was. So I went into business, started seeing incredible success, making a ton of money. God told me this isn't what I've called for you. So I was super depressed. God, you're not in it. So I went to a worship experience um, with Hillsong sure everybody's familiar with Hillsong. My and church I, is a
1: Hillsong church.
0: Super cool. I love it. I love it. So uh, I, so we went to this Hillsong worship experience and there are 10,000 people in this massive stadium. And I played in the church band for about 10 years. So I knew every song. I had played their songs 20 million times over, you know, four times every Sunday. So I didn't really go with high expectations. And I remember God stopped me and he said, do you want to hear from me? And I said, yes, God, that's all I want to hear from. I I just, I need to know what you've called for me. And he said, okay, at this worship experience, I want you to mean it. Mean every word you worship. um, Mean every word you sing. Give everything to me. I thought, okay, God. And he said, I'm going to remind you of what I've called you for. So I went into that worship experience and I worshiped him like crazy. And I am so glad that they had really loud speakers because I'm not a good singer, <laughs> but I was singing as loud joyful as Joyful noise, right? It's, it's just a <laughs> joyful
1: noise. He said, makes a joyful noise. That's exactly. Always
0: and always. so I said, okay, God, I'm going to sing as loud as, as I possibly can. I'm, an, I'm just going to throw it all at the cross. And there was a moment during a song that God said, close your eyes. And I closed my eyes and he said, when it gets to the peak of the song, the crescendo, the songs with everything, if you're familiar with those songs, um, music. And I said, okay, God, at the crescendo, at the peak of the song, I'm going to open my eyes. And he said, when you open your eyes, look at the lights. And this was in a massive stadium. So I thought I was going to look at like the strobe lights or like the spotlights. So the, the drums start going, the guitar starts going, the singers start going, it gets to that peak and God says, open your eyes. So I open my eyes and I see the spotlights kind of moving around. But I also see glitter falling from the ceiling and the spotlights hitting the glitter and cascading light across the room. And then I also see people with their phones out and their flashlights on, 10,000 lights uh, of just people with their flashlights on. And I remember God spoke to me in that moment. and He said, this is what I've showed Abraham when he looked at the stars and he couldn't count the, the, the number of lights he saw. I haven't called you to be in the spotlight. You've spent so much time being in the spotlight and making it all about you. I've called you to be a spotlight, to shine a light into the darkness, to shine my light into the darkness, and to speak into the lives of those who are hopeless, who are in a in, who are broken, who are struggling, who are oppressed, who are in bondage.
1: Yes. yes speak
0: yes. into that, give hope, provide freedom, and bring my message, his message, to the people who desperately need it. I said, okay, God. God I'm gonna give everything, and so I start crying because I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have made it about me." I'm an ugly crier; like it's, it's just a, it's just not a pretty face. And
1: <laughs> I, I married, was- I married the best crier of all criers. No, seriously, <laughs> I like, like, I, like my second, my second uh, hobby on Sundays is the Hallmark Channel with the box of tissues. <laughs>
0: Seriously, Sean, like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I'm definitely the crier in, in my relationship with my wife. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm the ugly crier. And, uh, what happened was I remember God spoke to me and he said, I want you to speak into the lives of my people. There are people who are sitting in the, in the chairs of the church, who are going to church every Sunday who have big dreams that I've given them, but they're so afraid to pursue it. They're allowing fear and doubt and insecurity to stop them. They're allowing their money mindset and their, their uh, negative money beliefs when I've given them permission to generate wealth, not serve wealth, but to allow wealth to be a tool that they use as a resource to expand the impact that I've called them to wow. create. And so I said, okay, God. So the very next day I started a Facebook group for Christian entrepreneurs. In three weeks time, it grew from zero to 500. I did no marketing, no advertising. I didn't tell anybody I was starting it and it grew. And it's now since grown to about 8,000 people plus, and we have this incredible community and this incredible company that now focuses on helping people deal with their money mindsets, but not just deal with their mindset, give them practical tools that they can implement, practical scripts and checklists to help them land high paying clients so they can serve people at a very high level. Wow. And it's been an incredible journey. It's all God has nothing. I'm the most imperfect vessel and yet, God has been able to do some incredible things.
1: Wow! And you know that's so good because um, it's it's amazing. Uh, several of my friends and we haven't really we haven't really launched and, and really promoted the Heat Flowing podcast. It's just when people like my my editor is one of my best friends, and he's like, Mike, I it's amazing the fruit and how the Holy Spirit leads every single speaker you've had on. I said, Don, it's because we pray before. And and it's because I pray about the people I'm going to have on. And I pray about, I pray for them the week of it. And it's really powerful because your story is very similar to mine. It's just, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the steps. It it was funny when I was saying, I was texting and messaging back and forth with my friend, Eric. He was talking about the, the, the things that he went through and I was going to, I was going to, bring this up. He was sharing some things that he's went through during this pandemic. And I, and I think as whether you're watching or listening to Sean and I, when we've came out of it or during it, um, I don't want to, I don't want to leave him, but he said, never let a good crisis go to waste.
0: Hmm.
1: And that was a Winston Churchill speak. And, I, and I'm like, it's amazing how we don't see that. And so I just want to commend you and thank you for sharing your heart about that. Because as I say, there's very few people that are actually stepping into God's God's perfect will for their lives. Most people spend a lot of time in God's permissible will. My grandmother used to always say, "You're either you're out of God's out of God's will in God's permissible will or God's perfect will. The first one you do not want to be in. The second one you really don't want to be in because it's really you, it's really not a lot of fun. You think it's a lot of fun, and then when you step over into God's perfect will, you realize the difference. Yeah. And, and, and so I just want to commend you and and say, like, if you're listening, I, I, I could, I could close now. We're not going to do that, but I could, I could finish now because I've been super encouraged by what Sean said. So I said this to Sean, Sean, what do you, when, when you think about your health, because I, I think that's super, super important. God talks about it so much time in his word about presenting ourselves a living sacrifice, you know, um, running the race, you know, not looking back, you know, talks about physical activity and spiritual activity and the combination and finishing the race. When it comes, how important is your health to you? And what are some of the things that you do to present yourself a living sacrifice so that when people look at you, they see not just a spiritual and, and successful financial and a good relationship person, but a physically a good body. And I know that the church is missing that nowadays and the kingdom is really missing it. So tell me some things you do to help stay healthy and what your thoughts are on that
0: part. Yeah, so we are very blessed to live in Colorado Springs. We've lived here for about two years and this is a hiking city. (laughs) I have never seen this many people in cargo shorts with backpacks on. I'm a city boy from LA. So this is totally new to me. And it's been really exciting being around a community of people who take that very seriously, who not just their image, but their physical health. And one of the things that we do is on a very low level, right? There's, there's extremities to this on a low level. I am very, um, intentional about starting my day. Well, and so I do some breathing exercises every morning. I do affirmations every single morning. I do stretching every single morning because I want to prepare and set myself up for success. Amen. And then we do uh, me and my wife, we do walk every single day. Um, and so we, we, we together, this is one way that we build a relationship together. Um, so we walk. Um, and then what's really interesting is my health journey specifically has been very attached to generational um, uh, curses and blessings. For example, my grandparents, uh, uh, my grandmother and my mom, have struggled with their weight. They have been at peak moments where they they look good, they're fit, they're strong, and then they gain it back, and then they get fit, and then they gain it back, and it's been this roller coaster for them. Yo yo, exactly. It's been a yo yo for them. And I recognized, you know, as I was growing up, uh, it was very similar to me as well. That I had grown up in an environment where that was acceptable, that was normal that that's just how we do it. We, we lose weight for events. We lose weight for celebrations. We lose weight for photo shoots and then weddings, we all the, all the good weddings. things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's been a really interesting development of self-awareness and recognizing, okay, that is going to end with me and my wife. That is not hey, going to continue to work me too me too and our grandkids and our great grandkids. Uh, I have been very clear that legacy is the foundation of everything we're doing. I'm pretty young. I'm 29 years old. But I remember ever since I was 17 years old, praying, God, for my future kids, I want to set them up for success. I want to be the greatest dad I can be. I want to be the greatest husband I can be. I want to be the greatest leader I can be. And every generational curse that has followed, such as divorce, divorce, alcoholism, uh, pornography addiction, um, uh, uh, uh maybe a, a, a marriage, but it's a dead marriage, right? Nobody's just, they just, those, don't are, those
1: are four. Those are four from my family, Sean.
0: Yeah. I want to break. The I'm
1: breaking every single one of those curses.
0: Amen, man. That's an incredible Michael. Um, I, I want to be that one too. I want to be the line in the sand that my generations can look back All on that line. Say, it's done. He, he was the one who ended it. Tell and amen. now we stand on the shoulders Uh, of, of his faith, not because of who I am or because of how cool I am or how strong I am, but because of who God was in my life, you can stand on that shoulder and begin to see the line that was going down, start to go back up. And so uh, and and not just health wise, but also and and not just bondage, but also in, in in regards to wealth and finances. I want to set my kids up for incredible wealth and incredible success. I want to set them up for incredible education. I want to set them up for an incredible childhood. The things that I was robbed from the enemy, I want uh, God promised me. I am, I I am a good father, and I will provide everything double portioned of everything that was stolen from you. So I hold Amen. on to that promise and I say, okay, God, as long as I abide and obey, everything else gets taken care of.
1: Amen. He is a good father. I mean, I just, just, uh, he is a good, good father. You know, I, uh, I love listening to that song too, because when you speak it, you truly believe it. And, 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 and if you're listening today, it, it this is, this is kind of a, a side note because I told Sean that we're going to let God control the conversation here. Um, I just, this past Friday, I have a coaching client, uh, from Monument, Colorado, which is very close to where Sean is in Colorado Springs, uh, 70 years old. Um, not, uh, uh, born again now, uh, wife, not born again, previous to this past Friday, um, uh, comes to me at the end of our coaching call and says, Michael, what do you know about generational curses? Hmm. <laughs> Non-believer, <laughs> Has, has, a, has a prophetic gift, Sean, and a calling mm-hmm. and just has never stepped into it, right? Yeah. And, 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 and Friday, after three hours, she stepped into it. She she was, my wife has a very, for those of you who don't know, my wife has a very strong prophetic gift. Like she told me the day my dad was going to get saved, he got saved that day. She's told me about signs and wonders. I mean, it just, it's really cool, but scary to live with a prophetic voice, because they know everything you do. (laughs) They know everything you do. And, and, and my wife and I have what is becoming what I desired in a, in a marriage. And, and I know we're going to talk more about that here in a second, but what I, I I think it's just great how those relationships, when you're able to talk about those things and break those things off of people, like we, my wife wrote down a list of things of this young, of this uh, lady, and she's in her sixties, you know, she 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 totally believes now that God's the latter days of her life are going to be better because she's actually stepping in to who God called her. She always believed in God. And it's really funny. There's a, a series right now, and I and for those of you who are listening, if you haven't watched it, there's a series new, and maybe Sean hasn't also, or maybe he has, but there's a new series out called The Chosen. And I don't know if if you've mm-hmm. watched it, but mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. It's the depiction of the life of Christ, and it's the most it's one of the best I've ever seen ever. It's going to, there was the first season was an eight part series. There's going to be, I remember that there's going to be eight seasons. And now they've received the funding of the next several seasons. And then there's going to be eight seasons and the seventh will be the, 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 the crucifixion. And then the eighth will be the resurrection and what happened after that. So it's just, it's, it's really funny. We use that, um, depiction from that and I'm not going to ruin it for anybody I'm going to go into my next question but I just they they had been watching this series together uh Bill had said Mike what should I watch on TV I said why don't you just pray about it and let God lead you to what you should watch and he's like okay and then God letting this and he said hey I want you to watch this series and here now the coach is being told from his student and his pupil what to go and watch right and that's what you want that's what Sean just said that it's not about us it's about them we can learn from Sean's Oh, I'm old enough to be his father, right? And and we can learn. He's just taught me things that I, I I'm I'm you know what I'm going to do. I do this every single night when I get finished with these podcasts. Is I go back and I listen to them and I take notes. I started taking notes during, and then God's like, No, I want you to pay attention, and then you can go back and take notes. So, Sean, why don't why don't you do this? Why don't you tell me a little bit about some things that you do to improve your relationship, not only with your with your spouse but with people and what are some of those things? Like? Cause that's been a big, as, as what we've already heard, that's been a big piece for you and what legacy stands for. And, and not just, you know, not just living one, but leaving one. So why don't you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So uh, I'll first start with my wife. Um, I grew up in a, in a, my, my biological father and my, my mom um, didn't have the very best relationship. The way they got married wasn't the very best either. And so I made a decision. I want to be a good husband before I have to be a good father. And I want to really become a great uh, husband to my wife um, because that's what she deserves. And that's what God has called me to do. So there's three things that I actually want to share that me and my wife do on a consistent basis that has really strengthened our relationship. And for any man listening who's married, anybody who is in a relationship right now, I highly encourage you to do this first one. Do it tonight. We, um, we typically end our nights with something called the happy, mad, sad, afraid and excited exercise. So what that means is we, as we're laying down, we're in, you know, pillow talk and I'm asking my wife, what made you happy today? And so she goes back into her mind. Oh, you know what this happened today. And then she asks me the same question. What made you happy today? And I get to tell her, and then I ask, what made you mad or frustrated or irritated today? Sometimes it's me, something I did. (laughs) Sometimes it's something that happened at work or something that happened with a friend or, you know, something completely different. She asked me the same thing. What made you sad today? You know, sometimes it's a memory. Um, You know, I had an aunt just pass away um, pretty recently, so she's been on my mind a lot. Um, So now I'm getting to be vulnerable with my wife in a context that's structured. Um, And then what made you afraid today? You know, sometimes it's something we saw, you know, in a news article or something we heard. Um, and then what makes you excited about tomorrow? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? And so just doing that quick exercise that sometimes it lasts five minutes, right? We just go through it. Sometimes it lasts an hour because we just get into deep conversation. And one of the biggest things I've seen uh, consistently between men and women is a, a, a wife's desire to see her husband be vulnerable. And this really allows us the opportunity to say, "Okay, this made me sad," and to use emotive language. Um, so, the happy, mad, sad, afraid, and excited exercise. Try it tonight with your spouse. It will be a pretty incredible conversation again.
1: I'm, you. I'm, I'm gonna. I know you're gonna go on, but I, I, I'm gonna try it with my wife. I, I, I say this. Um, I had some friends of mine. My friend Nicholas Barely was on with me a couple weeks ago, and his father-in-law taught him. You know, when you when you have a conversation with your wife, like my wife decided she wanted to go back to work, Sean, and and I wasn't going to stop her. She's actually became a better entrepreneur in our biohacking company now that she's back working, to be honest with you. I know that may sound weird to some of you, but she's working on the front line testing people for COVID-19 and, and she's my hero. She's absolutely my hero. And here's one of the things that I learned that I implemented on what Sean just said, because... I do some of the, I'm going to do what he says. So I'm going to try that tonight. Um, is that my friend Nicholas said his his father-in-law taught him this. And then Chris came on and taught me this too. He said, you know, sometimes our spouses, uh, when we ask them a question, sometimes they just want us to listen. They don't want us to, that's why I always ask my wife, hey baby, how was your day? Do you want me to just listen? Or do you want me to like communicate with you about your day? And sometimes she'll say, why don't you just listen today? And so thank you for sharing that. And I will try
0: that tonight, my friend. Yeah, do it. Um, The second thing is consistently asking, what's your big dream and how can I support you? Um, So many times that the idea that has been spread is that a man's job is to provide and protect, which removes the opportunity for a wife to step into a role where she can provide, where she can protect, where she can step into a role that, is empowering to her and so i am a big believer that my job is to create a space to create a home that is empowering to my wife my wife is pursuing her master's degree she's almost done she'll have it you know next year she wants to start this massive clinic that's never been done uh, in the mental health facility a mental health facility and my and it i coach so many people that have told me they have said this line and it's heartbreaking they have said Sean, I'm sharing dreams with you I've never shared with my husband or wife. Mm. And it breaks my heart to know that they're living with someone that hasn't created a space for them to share a big dream that's scary to them, that maybe makes them insecure, that maybe they compare with everybody else, but they desire it. And so I always ask them, how can I support you? What is your big dream? Let's pursue it. Um, Praise God. And it's given us an opportunity for us to share. It's it's given us an opportunity to move past, um, you know, the the drama and to look forward into what God has called us to be and continue to live a life that's based off of where he's calling us to go. So it's given us the ability to really support each other. Um, And then the last thing is public affirmation, private curiosity. You will never hear me joke about, make fun of, criticize my wife in public. Why? Because how other people view my wife will be determined on how I speak about my hundred percent. I'll never, if we are having a conflict or a disagreement, I'll never go to my parents, my brothers and sisters, my best friends. Um, I will never do that because it's between me and my wife.
1: Amen, my brother. I hope people heard that, Sean. Uh, yeah. I hope people heard that. We don't go to our parents. My, my parents- and and Lisa's parents know absolutely nothing about the internal intimate things that me and my wife go through. Now now we were for those of you that know, we were apart for 2 years uh and then what the devil, you know, wanted to take apart, you know. And and for those of you listening, Sean knows this. The devil would like no more than to take marriages away from from the kingdom of heaven. And and and, and you're and you and don't think that you're you're he's not out after you. Just because you have a perfect marriage now, you want to abide in the things that Sean is talking about. So, thank you for for sharing that,
0: brother. Yeah. And what happens is me and my wife will have a disagreement. If I go talk to my parents and then I fix it with my wife, my parents haven't had a chance to fix it with my wife. And now I'm bringing in other people. I will say this. You should have trusted mentors that you can go to when there's conflict that you can't deal with on your own. Name. You absolutely should have your pastoral staff, um, you know, team that's supporting you. You should have mentors, you should be hanging around married people that have successful marriages so that you can watch what successful people do in marriages. And so I'm am not advocating for isolation. What I am advocating is that you, in in my language, um, what masculinity is, is you speak truth to chaos and you live truth in chaos. And so go to your wife and figure out what's the truth of this matter and figure it out. Have a conversation, be willing to discuss the tough topics and get an alignment. Your wife, my wife has completely different ways of viewing the world of making decisions than I do. The worst thing I could do is say, why can't you be more like me? Why can't you make decisions like me? Why can't we don't want
1: him to be like us, Sean? We definitely don't want him to be like us.
0: We don't want him to be for sure. (laughs) But God has made her unique with a very different perspective. And I would be missing out on a world of insight and wisdom if I didn't allow my wife to flourish in who God has called her to be. So public affirmation. I'm constantly saying my wife is incredible. My wife is the smartest person I know. My wife is the best student ever. My wife is, you know, I'm constantly applauding her. And anytime somebody thinks of me, I want them to immediately think of my wife as well. I want them to have, I don't want them to think Sean Q's wife. I want them to think Adiola. Uh, I, I want them to know who she is, And I want to watch her on stages, speaking in front of thousands of women and men. I want her to be empowered to do everything God has called her to do. So amen. it's public affirmation and then private curiosity. Um, If there's something that I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird, or Mm -hmm. I disagree with that, I'll never ask her about it or confront her about it in public. I'll always bring it to private and say, hey, babe, I thought, you know, this was really interesting or this, you know, happened. It was kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. Can we talk about it? Um, and so be curious about it because they may, uh, your spouse may be completely unaware that they did it and it was not intentional, or maybe there's something underlying that you really need to work with. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And so, but you want to deal with that in, in private and you want to lead with curiosity.
1: Amen. I think, you know what's, that's awesome because I, I just learned, like I said, I'm, I'm the one learning here today, guys, you can all listen and learn. Hopefully you will. But this is, God has ordained Sean to speak the truth today. And so, this kind of leads into my next question. And one of my last couple questions for Sean is accountability. I'm going to say this. I, my biggest move at 52 years old, which I wish I would have done it when I was Sean's age, is every single Wednesday for about 75 minutes, I have two accountability partners. And we talk about tough things. Um, you know, they challenged me the other day that said, you know, go, go do this with Lisa, go do this with Lisa. You know, my friends, David, uh, uh, and Katie Hughes said, you know, you become one with them, that person, you become one, even though you have two personalities, you become one and you, you, you go and you do great things together, but you still, as you said, Sean, there's Sean and Adiola, there's Lisa and there's Michael, there's David, there's Katie, but my biggest thing that I did this year that I wish, I man, I would be probably close to retirement had I done this when I was Sean's age. And so, hint, hint, Sean's already got this figured out at 29. A little bit, a little still, bit. A little bit,
0: okay? still learning. A little, a little bit, learn. but
1: he's still learning. But here's the thing, now going forward in the latter sections of his life, He has the availability to not make the same mistakes I did because of the things that he's already shared today. So why don't you share just really quick about some things that are accountability for you and what it means to you?
0: Yeah, so it's very important for you to be very clear about who you let speak into your life. Um, If you aren't intentional about the people you trust and the people who have permission to tell you, uh, hey, you're doing great, but also... Hey, you're headed down the wrong way let me slap you around a little bit because you need it. Uh, You need people like that who you can trust, who can say, Sean, let let me sit you down and let me, let me just tell you this truth right now. Um, I'm noticing this. And so be very intentional and ask yourself, who are the five people I go to when something's wrong? And then who are the five people who I can celebrate with when things are great? And if you can't list five people, then, you definitely got to put yourself in a position and in a community where you can meet those people. Oftentimes Amen. for me, that's church. Sometimes that's like your gym or any other social places that you go to. But for me specifically, uh, accountability means having blockers on my phone, deleting, uh, you know, not having apps where you can access certain kind of content, Hundred um, percent. you know, making sure that you have somebody you can talk to about sensitive, sensitive topics that you probably don't want to talk to your grandma about right? So there are, for, for me, I have friends that I can connect with, that I can reach out to, that I can say, hey, I'm struggling, or I'm dealing with this, or I'm tempted by this, help me out. Um, and accountability has been, uh, there's actually been a study that says accountability increases your chances of success by 257%. 257%. You are almost three times more likely to succeed Simply by having a consistent accountability call with someone, so wow, that's go, so good. Go have some t- someone where you can say, "Hey, meet with me every Wednesday, meet with me every Thursday, text me every Monday." You know, let's have breakfast every Saturday. Whatever it is, where you can dive deep into every aspect of your soul. So good,
1: that's so good. And you know what's what's really good about that, Sean, is that um, I I I said this, and I'm a big John Maxwell fan. And John says, you, you, you shouldn't have accountability where they are just constantly correcting you. It should be encouragement and correction, encouragement and correction, right? And, and it was really funny. My wife never listens to my accountability calls. One day, she happened to have fallen asleep in our, in our prayer room, in our biohacking room. And I guess I was talking loud. And, and, and when she came down chair, she said, well, how did that feel? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, that call, Tim really gave you some sharpening. And I was like, that's what accountability is about. If I'm not growing and learning, I'm dying. I'm yeah. dying. And and just like um Sean just said, you know, when I, I I went to my wife um and made her put blocks on my phone and blocks on my iPad and and things that that if I do something and include my two friends so that they can say, "Hey, you know, this is going on. And if you guys are not doing that, I don't care what you believe. It's not, as Sean said, it's not about you. God, God's entrusted you with a spouse. And if you're listening today and you're courting or you're engaged or whatever, you have to treat your your spouse, girlfriend, wife, as as and love them like Christ loved the church. That means you lay down your life for them. That means it's we, the, the first sign you see when you walk in our house is happy wife, happy life. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it may be funny, but it's the truth. In my life, it's God, Lisa, and then everything else, right? And so, why don't you finish with these last couple things, Sean? Why don't you tell people you're some good insights from a kingdom entrepreneur? And, and here's one of the good things. And I'm just going to be bold and frank. There's a lot of people out there that have built movements that are kingdom minded, but they're, and and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to boast on Sean just for a minute is that I've seen him behind the scenes. Sean is living as a kingdom entrepreneur as he is on social media. Right. And I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people that aren't. And, and so you have to do, and this is just a lead into what Sean just said you have to, one of my prayers is, is that God would, would get rid of the people that don't need to be in my life. It's a prayer I pray every morning and every night, um, and, and, and that he'll bring in the people that are supposed to be in my life that I can go to for encouragement, that I can partner with in ventures, and I can encourage them. And maybe, you know, I'm, I'm making a massive impact in the health community right now like never before we, we've eliminated in this last couple years about 95% of the medications from our family and from our community and a lot of it was done with non-dietary changes now obviously the hardest thing to get people to listen to in your family is to teach them how to eat healthy and to break some of those things that Sean was talking about so Sean why don't you just touch on some things and some of your best insights uh, that maybe somebody's listening today and says, "Man, I want to learn more from Sean. What does that? What are some of your best insights coming from a kingdom entrepreneur?"
0: Yeah. So, uh, it, for anybody who's a coach, consultant, you have a skill set that you provide a service to somebody, whether it's a graphic designer, a web developer, whatever it is. Right. You you serve someone in some capacity. The greater the impact, the greater the income. What I mean by that is so many people are playing small games. They're trying to put together $97 packages or even, you know, $500 packages. And God hasn't called us to play a small game. God has called us to play a kingdom game. And God is a God of multiplication. And so every single time I work with someone, uh, one of their biggest questions is, Sean, I'm not landing any clients. How do I land a client? Like, I haven't landed any clients this month. I need clients. Number one, you're probably selling the wrong offer. Most people want an all-inclusive, they want an irresistible offer that's going to solve the problem for good for them. And you're selling them a $97 lead magnet, right? So give them a high impact and high value offer so you can sell it at a high price with integrity. And then number two, it's likely you're just not in enough conversations. The more people you talk to, the more likely you are to land a client. Amen. Um, conversations is key to opportunity, to client creation. To uh, uh, insight and wisdom and experience, Um, and so I want to encourage everybody here. Ask yourself these three questions. Number one, how many people have you talked to today? If you haven't talked to anybody, well, no wonder you haven't landed a client, right? How many people (laughs) did you talk to? Uh, How many people do you have scheduled to talk to tomorrow? If you don't have anyone scheduled to talk to tomorrow, no wonder you're. you're, It's very unlikely you're going to land a client tomorrow. And then, how much money have you asked for? You have not because you ask not. Asking is the beginning of everything. So if you're not asking people to say yes to signing up with you, if you're not asking for the sale, if you're not asking for the offer, you're not going to get anything. And so if you're not talking to people and if you're not making asks, well, no wonder you haven't landed any clients. So go get into conversation and go start making big, bold asks.
1: Wow. And that's so good because, you know, it, it's, it's funny you say that because I'm, I, I used to say this and I don't speak this out of my mouth because life and death is in your tongue. I used to say I hated sales, right? And you know why I said I hated it, Sean? Because when I was in the fitness and nutrition industry, I had a, a six-month waiting list, okay? So, one person would come in, I'd go down the list and I'd call them and I'd just share the packages with them and they'd sign up. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to influence them. I didn't have to say, look at this, look at that. You know, here's what I do. I mean, I do that now, and, but I, I do have people coming to me now because people know that I'm back in the game and I'm doing the online game rather than being in the brick and mortar fitness business. But I, I would say this, I'll just, I'm, I'm a humble guy. I, my number one question was because I didn't ask, you know, I'll, I'll send you an email or, uh, you know, I'll send you a message or I'll send you a PDF or whatever, right? Instead of saying, are you ready to get started? Let's get started today. Right and 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 when I when you said that I'm different now, I'm I'm scheduling you know my full my day is full today up until I'm I'm on a um, if we're actually in the, at the end of May uh, when Sean and I are doing this interview and um, I'm in a I'm I've God has challenged me and I've challenged myself because I'm just going to say this if you're not challenging yourself you're missing out guys I'm doing a ninety minute. 90 day workout challenge for myself I don't care if I it's really funny all my friends are like I'll join you I'll join you I said I didn't want you to join me but if you want to join me it's fine but I'm doing it for myself and and I'm 52 years old and I feel 30 you know and i I can't imagine what I'm gonna feel like I feel Sean's age to be honest with you and and I can promise you that and, and maybe he'll there's no way you can look and Sean and I can see each other because we're on zoom and, and we have a, a, a a split view of both of us on at the same time, there is no way that you can look at me and tell me I'm 52 years old. It's just, you, you, there's no way, right? And, and, and when you, when I'm out there at the gym and, and all these professional athletes, I work out at a gym here in Claremont, my wife and I just moved away from Clearwater after 27 years of being over there for me and 20 for my wife. One day, Sean, I said this, you'll appreciate this. I I went to my wife, my prophetic wife and said, Hey honey, we're going to move. And she said, "When?" She didn't say if or how, because that trust was built by the investment that I've made in making my wife feel secure, making my wife feel important. And she said, "When?" I said, "Well, we got to sell our house." She said, "Okay, that'll happen quickly." We sold our house for the the most anybody had ever sold their house for in our neighborhood, cash offer. When I moved over here. I didn't have any place to move and I found, I, I, I looked at a place actually right beside me, Sean, and, and, and I was going to buy it and as I was leaving, my friend William Butler called me who I had um, just led to the Lord about three months prior to that and he said, I don't think you're supposed to buy. I think you're supposed to rent because you're going to build something in, in 2020 or 2021. I was like, okay. I was like, what am I going to move now? My place is closed. I have nowhere to go, right? And I was close to closing on this place. Literally, I go home, I'm looking, and the place that we rented is right beside the place I was going to buy. I looked over the lake. There was a rainbow over the lake that we live on. My wife has always wanted to live on the lake, right, or live on the water. And it just, everything just fell together. And so, I'm grateful that, that, that you said the things that you've said with me today. And so, as we close, why don't you just tell people how they can connect with you? Because- I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to connect with you more. So uh, I'm going to honor your time and value who you are, but I'm going to connect with you. I, I believe what Sean said is super important. You, you, the, the, the two most important thing that I've learned from John Maxwell is the law of intentionality and the law of your environment. You, those are two. I asked him this in a private group with him. I said, John, why are the first two laws in your book? the law of intentionality and the law of environment. He said, they're the two most important ones because all the other 13 are great. But if you don't have the first two, the other the other 13 are kind of tough. And so how can people connect with you and get to know you a little bit better? Where can they find you at and connect with you on on social media and, and those aspects?
0: Yeah, so you can uh, follow me on Instagram. Hey, Sean Q. Uh, and then I would encourage everybody, if, if you're struggling to land a client, if you're looking for training to help you be able to develop the confidence to make the asks, we have a free five-day challenge. I like how Michael said challenge yourself. So free five-day challenge called the one client away challenge. And our entire goal during this challenge is to help you land a client in five days, your next or your first high paying client in five days. So all you have to do is go to clients, multiple clients, challenge.com. So C-L-I-E-N-T-S challenge.com and you're going to get free access. This is our very best training. I teach live and that's where you're going to be able to connect with me in a live setting. Awesome. That's kind of
1: cool because I'm starting June the 1st, I'm actually doing a 14-day challenge, uh, which I'll probably talk to you about that because I, I, I'm bringing on special people all 14 days and uh-huh. I, and and we'll talk about that. I'll I'd really like for you to be one of those people. My friend Justin Miller is coming on. Uh, I don't know if you know Justin. He has a Christian entrepreneur group who does the ads on Facebook. He's coming on I've got my friend Tim. I have got some really cool. My friend Jim Baker. I don't know if you know Jim Baker very well, but Jim is a really good friend of mine. Um, I'm I'm from Ohio. Jim's from you know pastors in Ohio. My wife and I go to his church when we're up in Ohio. So um, that's awesome. I'm getting ready to start this 14 day challenge on the on the first of June. Every day is going to be something different. We're gonna we're gonna help people in their health, relationships, and in their in their in their wealth because I believe it's so important. And I believe that if you're listening today, you just heard from the guy that has all those figured out. Maybe not figured out perfectly but he's on the right track. He's, he's got blinders on. He's, he's being led by the right spirit. Guys, we have a spirit, soul, and body. Um, the, the Holy spirit leads and guides and directs when we're in submission to that. And, and maybe, maybe you don't know the God that, that, that Sean and I know, uh, but you can. And if that's something that, that you maybe in the comments down if you're watching this or listening, you can go to our website at hefluence.com. That's hefluence.com. If you can look here behind me, and if you're not watching if you're listening, you can't see, but it's he. Fluence, F-L-U-E-N-C-E, meaning he being God influences us to help influence others to walk, other men to walk in purpose. And so I hope that you'll share this podcast when you're listening to it. You'll share it with your friends. If you're a, a female, share it with your husband and your son. And so, Sean, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I'm, I'm, it, was, it was an honor and a privilege.
0: Michael, it is an honor. I will be on your podcast whenever you ask because of the heart, the vision, and the influence that you are creating and the impact you're creating in men's lives. So keep up the good work, Michael. Uh, Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome, guys. Thanks again for listening. Love God, love people, and live with passion. Have an amazing, amazing day.